Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. Today, we are both very excited to be talking to you yet again about a film that both of us have seen. I hadn't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've seen it now, right? I have seen it now. All right, so that's all I meant. Now that we've seen it. I had we have now seen anyway the film that we are going to talk about today is James Gunn's Slither. Throughout the years, these classic horror films had one thing in common. Universal Pictures comes a film so shocking. Uh, we've got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth. It will change the face <laughs> of horror. They're doing things to people, turning them into some kind of monsters. How's everybody's evening? Good. Good. Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. So as you said, it was a James Gunn film. James Gunn's first, uh, his directorial debut, it's from 2006. The synopsis is a small town is taken over by an alien plague, turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters. And it stars Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker, um, and then some other people. So, all right. So you had seen this before this viewing. No, no, I had not. Okay. I had not. And you had not either. Yeah. I thought, I thought maybe I had, but I had not. For those of you just joining us, we spoil these movies. So if you don't know what happens in Slither and you don't want to find out, please pause this, go watch Slither and then come back. That's what you should do. Because we're going to spoil it. Um, what did you think? So um, it's the kind of the main points that I would say about it is it it feels kind of low budget, but it's it has enough of a budget to it. Uh, I think all of the performances are good. Okay. So basically, there. Did you give us a synopsis? I did. Yeah. What's the matter with me? Is this part of my brain whole? This is a horror film. A space slug uh, has taken be. over. You. I'm sorry. So this is yes. Go ahead. Resume. So so yeah. So you have basically Michael Rooker gets taken over. You know he encounters this. There's a there's no explanation or anything, but there's just an alien thing hatches and it digs into him, and then he goes around and infects other people with it, and he turned. He's married to. Um, what is her name again? I already, I just, thanks. Oh yeah. Uh, he's married to her and, um, 
but he starts infecting all these other people and he turns into this big giant creature. Nathan Fillion is the sheriff in the town and he's always been, you know, had a thing for Elizabeth Banks, but she's married to Michael Rooker. But all of the performances I think are really good. I mean, and these are all people that, um, you know, maybe were, uh, I mean, Michael Rooker had been around for a long time, but I don't know about Elizabeth Banks, like what, you know, her uh, star level was, but she's gone on to direct and, and everything. It has, um, so James Gunn wrote this and it definitely has James Gunn's kind of sense of humor. And we can get into this more later on, but there were times, and I can't think of just a real specifics, but there are times where it was almost like, so this is 2006, but it's like, and this is 16 years ago, but there were a lot of things about this that seemed very dated. One thing being the humor, it was kind of like, uh, there's some jokes here that I always felt like, would this be in a movie, you know, now? Um, it it looks like, you know, if if you thought this, if you were told that this movie came out in 1997 or something, it looks very 90s to me. Um, you know, I don't know if that's just the passage of time. Um but it's, you, you know, you can definitely see uh, with James Gunn that as a, as a first time director, he's really accomplished. I mean, it, it looks good. The, um, you know, it's shot well and the action sequences are good. Um, it's really, really gross, really slimy. And gross. yeah, it's real gross. And, and they, the, the practical effects in this, so I looked, the budget was 15 million. The practical effects in this are really excellent, I think. I mean, it's real gross and slimy. The But they use a lot of CGI, uh, particularly with these little slug things crawling around, and that doesn't look too great now. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I thought this movie was amazing or anything, but it's for what it is for a basically a B movie um, the, the characters are fleshed out pretty well and you actually care about them. And even the, even the side characters, you know, he's, he's worked a little kind of background into them. So, I mean, it, it's not bad. What did you think? I agree. I, I, it's hard to believe that this is his first movie. Yeah. His signature that, you know, his sense of, of humor is definitely there. So if you like his other films, I think that will chime with you. <laughs> you know, it really is it's a B movie and there's a couple of hallmark things in it that, you know, it's, it's, it's horror that's got a lot of splat and a lot of gross uh, elements in it. Um, and there's a lot of camp in the humor and part of the sort of, there's, they're in some, I couldn't, I kept thinking to myself, where is this supposed to be? Right. It's, it's, I wondered it's, that myself. And I looked at South Carolina. Everyone has a, now I am not an expert on a South Carolina accent, but everybody seems to have just a vaguely Southern accent that nobody spent too much time working on. And it kind of comes and goes for some of them at times, you know, and it comes and goes. And some people are really talking like this sugar. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> people have the kind of what i would normally think of as a south carolina lilt but you know things go down the evening they're kicking off like a 
deer it's the opening night of deer season and people are really into deer hunting i guess but it's it's almost like it's a deer hunting festival they're all at the local bar and there's a band and the, the sheriff of this town is a real uh, zany like he's a real like an unbelievably broad character he's obscene and foul-mouthed and you know are you talking about the sheriff or the, no, no, the no, mayor? Sorry, not the sheriff, the mayor. And that guy, yeah. that actor, I kept thinking, alt, right? He, that guy is, is, uh, uh, shoot, I don't. Oh, his his name is Greg Henry, and that guy it, it was in a ton of movies or has been in a ton of movies, and he he tends to play that. He's really good. as just a slimy sleazy guy you know but yeah unapologetically um loathsome he's just yeah terrible <clears throat> and um uh, you know so so there's very uh very broad characters um all of which is fun um it struck me as an oddly multicultural town like there was, uh, you know, lots of representation, which is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it didn't feel quite true to the like, this is the place where we all go out and kill them deers somehow. And it was funny because, you know, I've spent going, you know, just going to the beach, but I've spent a lot of time in South Carolina. And maybe there are towns in South Carolina that are like this, but it felt much more like West Virginia, where we're from. Then, because I thought, oh, it started. I thought, I wonder if this is going to be West Virginia, you know. And then it's, it never says in it. It says the name of the town, but I looked it up. It's supposed to be South Carolina, and it's just like this. Just seems very, uh, you know, West Virginia or Kentucky or Ohio. Yeah. yeah, and then on the one hand, you know, the uh, the bar that they're in is very like line dancing, like mounted deer heads on the walls, like boot scoot boogie territory. But then by the end, where the sort of uh, Act Three showdown happens, is a very upscale neighborhood. I mean, it. Mm -hmm. If you said, okay, that's shot in South Carolina, I would believe you. But it looks like there's a part of me that's like, is this the same town? And, you know, Parkersburg had seedier parts and nicer parts. So it's not that a town doesn't have. Uh, but I guess in terms of the world of the movie, uh, the universe of the movie, I was sort of like, you know, because you're in the sheriff's department and it feels very much like, hey, sheriff, you can come down here and solve us. There's a leak in the toilet. You know, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'll get to it in a minute, you know, and then and then you go to this farmer's house and he's clearly an affluent farmer and it's a big sort of McMansion and it just doesn't feel like quite the same universe, like in a town that's got a neighborhood that nice would the sheriff's department be quite so hayseed, whatever I'm I'm picking this. It doesn't, I, you know, he's not about that. right? No, but I thought, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I thought um that stood out to me that it was like so that that becomes kind of a big not the house itself but a big plot point where there you have the main characters and then there's this teenage girl who the uh her the rest of her family gets taken over by the slug creature things and she escapes and 
I noticed ex- kind of exactly what you were talking about, that it was like, wow, this is this really nice house. And it doesn't, you know, it's not even, they were at a farm and it didn't even seem like a farmhouse. It's just a nice house. And you, but in no way was it like, it did never seem to be a commentary on that or anything like, oh, here's these shitty rich people. You know what I mean? And I didn't, I don't know if it was just like, hey, we just want to shoot at a nice house or whatever, but it, it just is it a seemed kind of out of place. He is a farmer because the, the creature has been killing cattle and stuff. Yeah. And so they're like, he started here and then he went to the next one over. And last night was this third one over. So, you know, if we follow that pattern then he's going to be here tomorrow night and it's another great big farm property. And sure enough, they, he does show up there and there's cattle and it, but this is like, um, a Steven Spielberg family house. Like there's a mm-hmm. big pool and there's like landscaped yard. And on the other hand, they drive this kind of worse for wear two-tone pickup truck. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like, again, it's like, Hey kid, it, this ain't get the kind of, this ain't get. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah it's just like shut We're up. probably thinking too much about this but watch the thing splatter but it was it, there was enough of that that i'm like oh you got this location and that's where the family lives and there's a couple of times i'm like that's a really nice house for a farmer mm-hmm. to live in it doesn't look like a farmer's house but what do i know maybe south carolina is full of that anywho so this guy is the the first that's james gunn's brother isn't it the actor that plays or no my the husband the or the, the the farmer guy are they related no uh i mean james james gunn's brother is typically in his movies but i don't think that was him i, got I could be wrong but, but he has james gunn he that guy's in guardians he works with that actor yeah 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 the, the, that guy is is his uh is his brother yeah he's and james gunn is actually in the beginning of the film there's a shot where he's he's one of the teachers at the school that Elizabeth Banks works at and he's talking to her and he's kind of like just this boring guy. And then the, you know, the husband comes up and takes her away and that was James Gunn. Oh, interesting. Anyhow, uh, he gets, you know, it's basically the blob asteroid falls, cracks open. And instead of there being a blob inside, there's a thing that shoots a little needle. And it bores into his chest and we see an x-ray thing where it, it shimmies up his spine and embeds itself in his brain stem and then it's controlling him. And the first thing it does is start to kind of mutate. Well, the first thing it does is it bonds with the guy's wife. So it's sort of him still, but it's definitely being controlled by this alien entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially in the early parts, it seems to kind of go back and forth between him being more present and the alien just kind of being along for the ride and figuring things out. Um, but they, so he ha- he develops this bond with the victim's wife, Elizabeth Banks, right off the bat. And that I think keeps him from, um, harming her for the first most of the movie right because he's gonna sort of infect her but he decides to go uh find this woman that was coming on to him the night that he got 
uh, infected. Injected or whatever, yeah. infected, yeah. And, you know, so there's a lot of sexual imagery and metaphor running through this. You know, the slugs are kind of phallic. They also look like sperm. Um, mm. You know, they move like they wiggle like sperm. There aren't any features to them. They're basically little slug shapes, but they move fast. Um, so basically he goes and um, he's got these two kind of tentacle things that come out of his chest and uh, he injects in a pretty sexual way uh, this other woman. And, and we don't know yet what happens, but she becomes this kind of breeding what would you call it like she blows up to the size of a giant sack full yeah of just a big ball like and then she bursts they find her and she explodes and all of these little worms come out and the worms immediately try and get down people's throats and then once they get in there they kind of they get in your brain i guess and but it's all the same entity so they're mm -hmm. all like that i thought that was a neat thing how one of them would turn and and start talking to Elizabeth Banks, all single consciousness, you know, and sometimes two of them would be looking at her and talking simultaneously. So it's not, they aren't even really um, little subservient drones. They are freestanding you know, manifestations of the original thing. I thought they had some fun with that. So then mm -hmm. it's an alien invasion movie that becomes a kind of a body snatcher movie. Once they're infected, they start moving around like zombies. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in your synopsis, um, it even just uses the term zombies. They definitely kind of, you know, walk like day of the dead sort of thing. So, so it's sort of a zombie movie because there's a bunch of them and you're trying to get away. There's a lot of different tropes going on here. Um, I think, you know, and there's a scene that's on the poster where at this farmhouse, the teenage daughter is in a bath and we see one of these little things crawl in an open window and go in the bath. And the implication is somehow that there's going to be sexual penetration from this thing. I mean, it's not, I say implication, it's very clearly alluded at, but that's not what happens it tries to get down her throat and she sort of manages to pull it out of her throat. And she has a psychic image of the history of what and who this thing is and how it works. I thought that was really cool how that was done. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And then she's sort of able to explain to the other people like, Oh, I, I saw it. Like I was bonded with it for a second before I managed to get this thing out of, the but it's an upsetting scene because while she does manage to get away from the farmhouse, her two younger sisters and her mother and her father do not. Mm -hmm. And that had real uh, Dawn of the Dead remake vibes to me. And she would go and she'd try and she had to break into the room where she hears her younger sister screaming. And then by the time she gets in there, they're lying on the ground sort of having seizures. And it's clear that they've already, things have already gotten in their brains. And you that surprised, that surprised me a bit because they usually don't, you know, you won't see kids harmed in that way. And I thought, Oh, they're going to save the, the kid somehow, but Nope. Nope. Um, and you know, the CGI, it's like the, it's the concept of it. That's upsetting more than the, the way that they handle the, the visuals of it, that mm -hmm. going into people's mouths really do kind of look like, you know, CGI, but 
um, you, you, when you get infected, you lie there for a minute, like as though you're dead. And then you sort of sit up like a zombie. And so she runs, she's running and she ends up locking herself in the car and the family's coming out and they're all like, and the little girls are saying, you know, come on, come out. We want to do this. We should be together as a family. And I thought that was really effective. I thought that was a scary scene. Yeah, that was creepy. Um, so then the other, so, so this thing's master plan is it either, it uses some, some people as sort of breeding breeders to breed more of these worms. It uses some people the worms get into and he uses them as sort of drones to walk around and do whatever he needs to have done. And some people he, he uses his food to feed to the breeding people who are ravenously hungry and eat any kind of disgusting meat they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead animals and, and stuff. So, There's a lot of gross stuff with that. The whole thing is extremely gross. Yeah. Extremely gross. Several times I'm like, oh, 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 oh I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that at all. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I but felt the I, same. I did. I mean, I started having a snack. I was like, oh, I didn't eat any dinner. I'm going to have a little snack while I watch this movie. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to eat anymore. <laughs> I can't eat while I'm watching this. It's just very gooey and yeah. And they, and... they go into places where the smell is very visceral and they communicate that very well. You know, mm-hmm. people are like, you know, rancid meat and they're like, oh, and there's flies buzzing around. And it's just super effective in, in painting that world. Um, yeah, you know, and otherwise it for is pretty much followed. I thought the ending was a little hokey and corny, but true to the movie. And the thing blows up, and I don't know if you watched all the way through to the end of the credits. But yeah, I just happened to. I didn't. It was kind of like the credits were rolling, and I checked my phone, and you know, I hadn't normally. I would just click because because movies that you know, unless they're really new movies, I don't ever think like, oh, there's going to be a post-credit scene. Uh, and so I was just, I was looking at my phone and then it comes up with, yeah, there's a cat and it discovers a creature and the, the little needle part of the original deal survives somehow. It cuts to black and yeah. yeah. So the information is it's still alive. I don't, they didn't make a sequel to this, did they? No, because it kind of, uh, it didn't make its money back. It was like $15 million budget and brought in about 13 million. So um, another thing I'd say that I didn't say in the beginning is uh, one of the things that I like about it is it there, you know, you get a little bit of background early on about the, you know, there's a little bit of setup with the mayor that he's a jerk and he's yelling and cussing at people in front of, you know, in traffic, and then you it cuts over to a a mother and her little girl on the street. She's like, "Hey, mayor," and looking like, "Oh, hey, yeah." Um, and you know, you you find out about Nathan Fillion and and about Elizabeth Banks, you know, and all that. So there's a little bit of setup, but it gets into it pretty quickly. I mean, the 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 alien is is discovered, um, you know, probably 15 minutes into the movie or so so i like that that it's just like hey with a movie like this you know let's get going let's get to it let's go and they are it's not like a 
a Jaws kind of a scenario or something that you'll see a lot of times in werewolf movies where it's like, oh, we're just going to give you hints here and there of, in the shadows of what the thing looks like. You see it pretty early on. So it's not like they're they're hanging on, you know, because they can't show the, the monster until later. So no. so I, I thought I thought that was I liked how they handled that. This is not coy in that way. No relishes in the prosthetics and and uh, we see him start to transform very, very quickly. No, I, I loved that it got right to it. And yeah, it, it's not a long, long movie, right? It was about hour and a half. an hour and 50, something like that. Longer than an hour and a half. But yeah. it flipped right along, you know. I yeah. Glance at my watch. Think, how are we doing here? You know, it, it, it just hour thirty five. Yeah. He got right into it. And for a horror movie, especially one that's going to be kind of campy and go for that. I'm like, absolutely. That's the right length. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, uh, he started out with trauma and we've talked about this, you know, some on the show before that we're really not into trauma, but um, he started out with trauma and there's actually a scene in the movie where somebody is watching um, the original Toxic Avenger, and there's like a little clip of, of that. So this feels, you know, in a way like a bigger budget trauma movie without there. There's the this doesn't really have the sleaze of a trauma. There's not really right. gratuitous nudity and and that type of thing in this. Um, it doesn't but, feel like it's aiming for the gutter in a way a lot of trauma, no, you know, gleefully being like, hey, watch this, you know? Yeah. And the stupid humor and all that, you know, people that like trauma, that's fine. You know, you like trauma, that's great. But it's just, it's right. never it, been my thing. Even as a kid, I didn't like trauma, you know? It doesn't Sorry. make any bones about, you know, about what it's trying to do. So, I mean, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And another thing that I thought about with this is I think it would be kind of cool with James Gunn. Uh, you know, he's he's got a lot going on with with Marvel and with DC because the the next which they're saying it's going to be the last one. But they the next uh, I think they finished shooting Guardians of the Galaxy three. But then he's also working on, you know, there's there's going to be more. Um, stuff with uh there's more going to be i think spinoffs of peacemaker like different characters and all that so you know he's busy with all that but i th i think that it would be pretty cool if he would do a uh something similar to sam raimi you know another guy who started started out in you know with the evil dead movies so very kind of splattery horror and then went on to be you know huge uh, well, he's has uh, Sam Raimi has uh, Doctor Strange in the theater right now, you know, so these huge comic book movies. And a few years ago, we covered it on the show. Raimi did Drag Me to Hell, uh, you know, so sort of return to his roots. But now he's a more accomplished director, you know, so he had more of a budget to work with. So I think it would be really cool for James Gunn at this point to be like, hey, I want to make another horror movie again. And it's going to be a $50 million budget or a $75 million budget or whatever, but I'll just do whatever I want because they'll give me the money for the, you know, the uh, James Wan did that with uh, Malignant last year. Yeah. Uh, 
which we have you you still haven't seen that have you no we should watch that that movie was crazy (laughs) i don't know if it was good but it's crazy and it really was okay this guy has made billions of dollars you know movies that have brought in billions of dollars and it's like "Eh, he wants to do this crazy movie and they just gave him whatever it's like okay you've made a bunch of money for us. Here's, you know, whatever budget they gave him. And he just did whatever he wanted. And it was insane. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, Drag Me to Hell didn't seem like a big budget film. No, no. But I mean, it was compared to uh, the Evil Dead movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, studio movie, but they're like, all right, you can have. Yeah, studio. that's what I'm saying. I mean, it doesn't have to be a great big budget, but I, I think I think it would be really cool if he's still into that kind of thing for james gunn to be like okay i've done all the superhero movie stuff now i'm gonna i'm gonna make a movie for me you know yeah 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 um i mean i don't i don't know i don't have a whole lot i don't have a whole lot more to say about this i (laughs) the main thing was is it was i don't tend to like gross movies uh like and Raimi's stuff, I mean, there's a lot of splatter to it, but it's not super cartoony. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, somebody's head will explode and you'll go, oh, you know, but I don't tend to go, oh. Yeah. And there was a lot of like, oh, oh, in this one that I was just kind of like, oh, me, no, like. <laughs> yeah. It's a definitely a different kind of gross. And like you were saying, you could, you could watch. You know, you could be eating dinner and watch The Evil Dead and it wouldn't make you nauseous. But this, yeah, there were definitely, because this is just so much of the, whatever the stuff that they put on, you know, like in the Alien movies to make the the drool come off of the, you know, whatever, a lot of that syrup or whatever it is that they use. And there's just a lot of that. And yeah, yeah, it was, there's a lot of times where it's just like, oh, this is turning my stomach, you know? It's, I mean, it's the whole thing feels very deliberately trying to make you squirm and squish. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, I had the thought, particularly in that bathtub scene, I'm like, you're setting this up so aggressively. I wonder if the studio didn't be like, yeah, you you can't you can't do that. Like it would have been a trauma move to have the thing not go for her mouth in the back, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah, and have that scene whether you saw underwater or not, you know. And and in this, it was setting that up and then swam across and tried to hop in her mouth. And I thought mm-hmm. that feels like a studio being like, look. You can do all of the other stuff, but you're gonna you have to change this. We're gonna compromise on this one. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm but even then it was still gross with the still gross in her mouth. Oh, they made it gross. Uh it it was it was gross. Uh but you know, I think that that you can see the trauma roots in there's a scene where he's near the end where he's sort of getting bigger and infected people are kind of staggering over to him and just kind of collapsing against his Java like bulk and mm-hmm. starting to kind of like physically merge into him. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So gross. And by the end, there's sort of half formed people sticking up here and there 
And when he's talking to Elizabeth Banks, sometimes there are sort of a Greek chorus of his own voice behind him. And yeah, creative. I thought, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that before. Um, but it <laughs> it is gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you think? Would you recommend this? Yeah, I, I would. I, I, you know, if you like James Gunn and particularly, I think the marketing for this film does a very clear job of setting the tone. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the trailer and I, I would not have ever watched this movie if you hadn't proposed that we do it for this podcast. I, I was like, this looks like it's going to be make me feel squeamish and it's going to be gross. And it made me feel squeamish and it was gross. I did enjoy it. I thought it was very entertaining. I liked the performances. I like James Gunn's like young junior high school comedy. Like it's very mm-hmm. lowbrow. Yeah. 12 or 13 year old boy comedy. Um, and there's a lot in common with uh, the Peacemaker series, actually. There's a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of this uh, feels like it shows up in the Peacemaker TV series. Um, but, you know, so I, so I would say, you know, if, if none of those things sound appealing to you, you're probably not going to like this. <laughs> um, but if was you- it was it what you were expecting it to be? I mean, was it did you think it would be more serious or? It was funnier than I expected. I didn't know originally that James Gunn had directed that. And I think that's what pushed me over the edge is when you go, have you ever seen Slither? And I was like, no, I was going to be like, and I don't want to. And you're like, that's a James Gunn movie. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, And I am glad I checked it out and I did enjoy it. I just, it's not my particular flavor, so to speak, (laughs) all Mm -hmm. that. yeah you know i'm like i don't watch it again i i've seen it i'm glad i saw it yeah i would pretty much i mean i'd agree with pretty much everything that you say it's not it's not really my flavor either i i gross out is not really my thing and a movie that i I think it would you know we don't have to do it anytime soon but a, a movie that i think would be fun to do at some point on the show and is um, somewhat of the same story is night of the creeps from, I think 1985. Have you ever seen it? No. Um, and it is, it's the same thing with the space slugs, but you don't have them growing into a great big creature. You know, they take, take over the people. Um, but it's a movie that I think, so it's like body snatchers in that regard. Yeah, it's kind of like body snatchers, but it's a sort of horror comedy, and and I think it it handles it's it's not nearly it's a movie you would have more fun with. It's not nearly as gross. You know, um, we, ought to, we ought to think about at some point adding to our list some of those masterpieces of horror. But you know, it's body snatchers, oh, sure. the original, oh, yeah. is scary as hell, and the '70s remake with Donald Sutherland is also scary as hell and i just watched that for um, uh, the 78 one or 79 i think it's 78 but i just watched that for the first time in the last like five years i had i had never seen it yeah it's and it, good, right it's really effective yeah but a campy that is a scary movie mm-hmm. i remember yeah. that as a kid and i mean i'm not a kid anymore but i remember that ending scene like 
I had Ooh. nightmares about that. Yeah. I oh, mean, it's yeah. still nightmare inducing now. Leonard and a great, great cast. Oh yeah. 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 Any and classics I'm, I'm up for, you know, Well, the other one that has been on my mind for a while anyway, and this one made me think of it again is the blob. Have you seen the 85 blob? Is no, that the one that you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the Steve McQueen blob. Okay. Because there was an 80, it's 85 or 86 blob, uh, which was another one that I had not seen as a kid, or it might be 88, I think, sometime in the 80s, um, which that one would be great to do. I, I've never seen the original Steve McQueen, maybe like late night as a, as a little kid, but not as an adult. I've not there, seen the Steve McQueen one. So much I love about it because it is... Uh, and I haven't seen in a long time. So I, the part of wanting to more fresh is they, they don't, it is, it's not a big budget movie, right? But they really commit to it. And so mm -hmm. I find like, they'll have a practical effect. There's a one shot where, and it's in the trailer where um, there's people in a, in a movie theater and the blob by that point is big enough that it's, they, anyway, they've made a little model of the movie theater exterior. Mm -hmm. It looks good, but you can tell it's a model. Um, and then they have this sort of jelly goo stuff that they're pushing from the other side. And it's supposed to be, you know, this giant mass of blobular gelatin, like oozing out of the doors, a la, you know, the blood coming out of the elevators in The Shining. Like it's supposed to be like, and, and you see it, for what it is like you see through the effect but it, it's like my whole rant about cgi and puppet yoda it's like can you tell it's a puppet yeah but i prefer the puppet mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean and so the effects in the blob they they do they do a lot of selling it with just the acting and the run for your lives i mean it really is it's it feels like a zombie movie in that there's not a horde it's not your loved ones becoming uh you know the undead but it is this thing that's getting bigger and bigger and no one can stop it and it's mm -hmm. uh and i just i remember i saw it as a kid and it was in a context where i think it was like a movie night up at this summer place we go and i don't remember how old i was but i was probably in my early teens at the oldest i might have been 12 or 11 and I think that these college kids that were running it were like, oh, we'll put on them, which is about giant ants. And we'll put on the blob, right? These kind of classic old horror movies. These are corny, not scary. Scared the bejesus. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was just, I remember it to this day. I, I thought, okay, this will be fun. I don't know anything about old movies. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a part of me that wants to go back and revisit some of those things. Because I think yeah. these movies have been, you know, there's a lot of the blob in this, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would be cool to check that one out. And the the 80s remake, I'm almost certain you would enjoy. It's got kind of, you know, a lot of the 80s stuff that we like. It's really well done is as well. In it? Is it uh, Kevin, Kevin Dillon is in it. Um, there are probably, I know he's kind of the, the biggest star in it, but there's, there's probably other recognizable yeah. people. Um, but it's it's really well done. The Blob is a very young Steve McQueen, and I, I'm not I don't know my film history on it, but my suspicion is it feels a little bit like when they made this, 
Steve McQueen hadn't really hit yet. And mm-hmm. then Steve McQueen like became Steve McQueen and they were marketed the hell out of it. Like starring Steve McQueen, you know, and he's, I think that's probably like, the case. Hey, yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Um, but that's not the point of the movie. That's just kind of a fun element of it. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much the horror movies of the fifties and sixties, you know, there's so much, um, existential dread and 70s too with the psychological stuff that came in but with vietnam and and uh psychedelics and all these things of mind control and of course the atomic age and uh, in the 50s and 60s was a lot about communism you know in consumerism um, well that's and what, consumerism. as we get into the 80s but that's some of that starts in in the 50s too mm-hmm. I, I don't know i i there's a there's a part of me that does want to start peppering in some of those old classics sure i would i'm all for it and it's Um, not quite there yet but we could even go all the way back to like nosferatu and uh dracula some of the old black and white like we could go way back but let's start with the with the decades just before our wheelhouse in the 80s sure yeah that would be cool I'm down for that for sure. Like I remember Omega Man and Soylent Green. Oh yeah, I love those. Some of those are great too. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. And did you ever? And so speaking of uh, Omega Man, did you ever? Have you ever read uh, I Am Legend? I've never read it. I. So it's a novella. It's not. It's not all that long. Um, there are some things about it that are. Um, you know kind of there's some a little bit kind of racial things in it that they you know that are a little jarring to read because i think it was written in the 50s but uh i highly wreck the book is great really the movie yeah so the omega man was based on that and then of course i am legend the the will smith movie was based on that and the the book is so much better than then I, I like Omega Man a lot, but the book is so much better than the I Am Legend movie. That's one that, um, you know, that was a big hit, but um, that's one that I would, wouldn't mind seeing a really faithful adaptation of the, of the novel done, which I didn't really feel like the Will Smith movie, but it's a really, really good, good book. Um, and like I say, a quick read. I think it's maybe like 120 oh, pages wow. or 150 pages or something like that. It's not long. Hard to imagine you get that whole story in that amount of pages. Um, there were things that I really liked. Maybe a couple hundred, but it's pretty short. The Will Smith movie. Um, but I, I, it has a couple of real glaring issues too. Mm-hmm. But there are certain scenes. Like there's a scene where he has he goes into a video store and he set up a bunch of mannequins just to make himself feel human again. You know, and he goes and he talks to the mannequins to try and recreate a... And there's a scene in which he is standing there looking at a female mannequin and he's like willing her to move, to say something. And I thought, I thought that scene was really intense. And when I first saw it, I, I, I half expected her to move. And I, I'm like, which is more horrifying? Like if he cracks right now, or if the mannequin actually does move. And I thought, mm-hmm. That's pretty effective. I I have not seen that work um, on screen before. 
Yeah, it's not a horrible. It's not like it's a horrible film. No, it's it's just one of the. Disaster, it, it's one of those things where I had read the book prior to seeing the movie, and you know that all that is never a good idea. You know, um, you're almost always disappointed. Which uh, getting far, really far off of things, but there is a new um, Stephen King uh, Salem's Lot uh, adaptation coming out sometime soon, and I'm hoping. I haven't liked any of the previous versions of that either. And that, did you ever read Salem's Lot? Long, long ago. That's vampires, right? Yeah. And it's really, it's another, that's probably my, it's, it's simple, but you know, that's when oh, yeah. one of those, that's one of his early classics. That's one of the very early ones where it was just kind of straight ahead horror. You know, there's, it's, there's not a lot of, it's not dressed up a lot in in any way and that that was a book that i mean i was there was a time I, in my life where i had read everything he had written and then he yeah he outpaced me <laughs> pretty, yeah yeah but, but uh yeah i remember i used to gobble that stuff up when i it would i'd stay up all night and then i couldn't turn off the light because i was so well and there's an ant on my thing uh as an a i read salem's lot like i was in my 20s and I was at home by myself and I was scared reading it, you know, as an adult. If you like so. horror fiction, I mean, you don't have to look too much further. He's a man. Yeah. So anyway, I'm kind of hopeful that, you know, I thought the, uh, the new it movies were, were pretty good. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that maybe this will be okay. This is the directing it. I mean, is it somebody that's handled his material? Uh, I think it is a, it, it's not somebody who's, um, uh, uh, who's who's done King stuff before? I don't think it's a guy who's been involved with the like Conjuring and Annabelle and all that kind of stuff. He's I think he's been a writer for those and maybe directed one of them. So it's not like it's um, you know it it gives me it makes me sort of cautiously cautiously optimistic, you know. Um, but anyway, because that's one that it's like wow, this is such a great book and a scary book that you can make this a really and there are people that love that so toby hooper did the adaptation that was made in the late 70s and they there were just some things that they changed that were very different from the book that i didn't i didn't think were changes that were necessary you know i remember, um, I, I remember having seen the movie salem's lot but i also don't remember much about the movie and i remember vaguely feeling disappointed yeah, that's pretty much how I have always felt about it. So, all right. So we're, are we going to say two thumbs up on Slither? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I'll lend my thumb up to it. Okay. Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. That's our handle. We are on the socials. Like and subscribe if you're watching us. Hello. And if you're hello. listening to us, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening. And, um, what do you want to do for next time? Do we want to talk about it offline? Do you want to make a decision or what are we going to do? Did you have, was there anything uh, we, you know, my one friend suggested gleaming the cube, which I don't know if, how you felt about that one. I'm not super excited about it. I mean, is okay. it good? The trailer looked kind of good. I don't know. He liked it, but. Yeah, we can do that. My my only hesitation is so the film festival is coming up uh, starts a week from today, and mm -hmm. I am 
really sweating getting all these final details done. Well, this is kind of inside baseball that the listeners don't need, but we've got several in the can. So if you want to not record one next week, you know, that's fine. I like having that out. I mean, why don't we set something for ourselves and then whether we do it on our regular schedule or not, we can put out an episode. So let's not make any commitments here on the air and we'll talk about Mm -hmm. it online. And and okay. sorry to be coy and talk shop, but uh, that's what we're going to do. So something fun for next time. Um, And thank you as always. Uh, Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Then we will talk to you next week. I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't know what I'm doing. We'll talk to you next week.